eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. We're back down to a one Paulson pod today. I know. It's too bad because I think Grant, you know, he's excellent. So it's always nice to have him on. Great conversation with Grant. If you missed that earlier in the week, highly recommend checking it out. As for today, kind of a free agency, are we done yet, slash recap uh, here to start. And then we're going to dive into some of the mock drafts a little bit later on in the show. Some really interesting players being mocked. Some guys we haven't talked about being mocked. Does that mean we think it's a bad idea or just some some new guys rising up the board for whatever reason as we get a little bit closer to the draft? Actually, we're just over a month now. I think a month and a, and a week Whoa. exactly away uh, from the draft uh, as, as this comes out. So, uh, Logan, free agency pretty much wrapped up. The first wave of it anyway. Um, like in, in my book, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson signing was kind of the last guy um, that everyone was kind of waiting on. Um, of course, Lamar still has to play out, and he's going to linger, I think, for a while um, and might ultimately wind up playing on that $32 million tag or – sitting out or who knows what's going to happen there. But most of the main wave of free agency is done. And the commanders, you know, filled some holes. They, they got some solid football players at positions of need. Uh, what ultimately, how do you grade them out through this first wave of free agency? And, and how have they set themselves up for both the second wave of free agency and, and the draft? I think this is kind of like where they want to be, you know, and I think there's, like a philosophical element here that maybe I don't entirely agree with, but that doesn't mean that it's bad process. And I genuinely believe that. So what, you know, they go out and they don't sign necessarily like big name free agencies, but they, they find guys that are kind of scheme fits. Like, you know, Andrew Wiley to me is really, really interesting. He kind of exemplifies this. He's the biggest name to sign in the class. Um, and you know, the more you watch him, the more you like him you kind of say, man, he's a good athlete. He's, he's aggressive in the run game. He knows what he's doing. Um, the enemy obviously can elevate him, but again, he's not, you know, Orlando Brown, for example. And I understand that like people, fans were kind of pushing for that signing, but I don't necessarily think that's the right fit because you're also negotiating price, which is another element here too. So um, I think that if you look at the Andrew Wiley signing as like a B kind of signing, then I think you think this free agent period for them is very, very good, right? Because in addition to Andrew Wiley, they get Nick Gates. And I think Nick Gates is a swing guard. And I think for a swing guard, swing guard center, 
is fine, right? Um, then the linebacker from Seattle, um, I think, is a guy with some higher upside. And I don't, that's something else I would keep an eye on. You kind of said, where are we going? I think they're going to mm-hmm. kind of keep bringing linebackers in. Um, they had some linebackers for the draft in the building already, kind of for their 30 for 30 visits. Like they're definitely going to do something there. It just depends on what it is, right? Are they going to draft a young guy? They're going to bring in kind of a, a free agent to compete at that spot. So I think if there's one area that they've addressed that will they, they will continue to address, it's probably linebacker. But I think if you look at the Wiley signing as a very solid, consistent signing based on scheme fit, based on his film at Kansas City, I think you feel pretty good about it. Now, you can argue, and I think there's a debate to be had, and we, and we can talk about this more, whether or not you think Wiley is a legitimate, is like a kind of top 15 tackle in the NFL. And I think that's up for debate. In this system, can he be a top fifteen tackle? I think that's a more relevant question. Sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat the the question here a little bit. Sure. The most significant signing the Commanders made this offseason is not a player. It's Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. And and I think that that is sometimes forgotten. Where it's like you know we were talking with Grant the other day. It's like well they brought in Darren Waller. Giants brought in Darren Waller, and this team brought you know Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks. I'm like cool. The commanders traded for a better Terry McLaurin. They yeah. traded for a better Jahan Dotson. They traded for a better everything because they significantly, as far as we know, you know, there are the questions that we, we, and they're only questions because we've never seen Eric Bieniemy be an OC outside right. of Andy Reid's scope. But based off what we know and what we think, which is, you know, we know he's very smart, very detail oriented. We think that's going to translate well. The, they upgraded every offensive position, maybe even some significantly by bringing in a new offensive coordinator. So in that way, I think it's important just to re-mention that and shape the offseason through that lens. Like they they made every position better offensively because of that move. I think they upgraded at quarterback. Um, you know, we'll see obviously what Sam is, but uh, Brissett is is arguably the best quarterback they've had in here since Kirk. Which is crazy. Like it's him, true. it's yeah. him, it's Taylor, or it's if you like your 2018 pre-injury Alex Smith. Like those are the options. Um, you know, they, the wide receiver room should be better because, uh, Jahan's in his second year and, and Curtis and, and Terry, as long as they're healthy or they're them. Mm. Um, but you know, John was only a rookie last year and you saw how good he was. Um, the tight end room, I think is still a big question. And then offensive line we we've talked about, and I still do think, you know, something we'll talk about with the mock drafts is there's a chance that they do to Charles Leno, for instance, you know what the bears did to Charles Leno, which is how they acquired Charles Leno, which is they take a tackle and they're like, this guy's our left tackle. He's better than Leno. And you move on from Charles Leno and, and, and save the cap space and maybe make another move at linebacker at wherever in that second wave of free agency. I think defensively, like there are still definitely some questions. Um, I like Barton's potential at linebacker. It clearly, like you said, they're trying to do some more there. One guy we haven't really talked about is cam Dantzler. Um, who they bring in and like the Cam Dantzler experience is kind of summed up by one of the key plays of the Viking season last year, where it's one of those close games where they won all of them in the regular season and Dantzler gets beat by someone. I don't remember which game it was, gets beat by someone, hustles his tail off, goes in, forces a fumble on the guy that had just caught the ball on him and helps seal the game. Like that's, you know, he, he'll give some stuff up, but he plays really hard. That's kind of what I, my, my file on him. Um, you obviously have watched some tape on him if we want to expand on Dantzler. So I haven't watched Dantzler yet, but I'm hoping to watch him soon. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll expand on him, make sure that's, that's tacked onto a pod at some point soon. But 
you know, I, he doesn't exactly like inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, if Minnesota was willing to move on from him, uh, they were already so bad defensively last year. If they're like, yeah, we know we're bad defensively, but that we don't even need this guy. Um, you know, so I, who knows what they're going to do at corner in the draft, obviously. And, and we feel pretty good about the safety position and obviously D line, they resign pain, uh, yada, yada, yada. So long story short, I think they're solid all around. I think they had, like, I give them an a minus for this off season so far, and they were never going to get an a or an a plus because that's just not the plan. Their plan was not to swing big enough to do that outside of re-signing their guy in Deron Payne. And I guess in that way, if you were to say like, oh, it, they signed Deron Payne and they were not re-signing Deron Payne, we'd probably look at this offseason pretty differently. Yeah. And in that and that lens, like I think that helps explain like why to me they're in the A range. Yeah, I guess for me, I probably put them in the more like B, B minus range. And that's not a knock. I'm going to grade them hard because I do think that there are some things that like, again, if I'm being the GM of the team, I would do differently. You know what I mean? And like when I've, I've watched a lot of film of Kansas City over the last couple of days, I'm doing something for the show. And it's crazy, like how good that offense is because of Patrick Mahomes and because of Travis Kelsey and because of what those guys do to elevate. So there is a it's not going to be a one to one corollary. I don't think it's going to it's going to really test DB, right? This is not the same team. It's not the same quarterback situation not the same offensive line so I think the offense is going to look drastically different because when you look at it from a thousand foot view it's very very similar to what they were running here with Scott Turner so how does EB kind of find ways to elevate you know um I almost said Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, and um, <laughs> Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett and this offensive line which I think he's totally capable of doing and he's shown an ability to do I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, let's, let's, let's dive in on that. How yeah. does that happen? What, are, what, cause to me, it's like play call sequencing. It's, it's, you yeah. know, finer attention to detail on execution, but like what, when you say that, let's, let's dive in on how he actually goes about doing that. Yeah. So I think that's the tough thing is because Sam house had such a small sample size. I've kind of kicked around like, what do you do? Do you kind of revert back to what he did in college? Cause if that's the case, then you do run something akin to what they did in Kansas city, but is he going to be able to run it as well as Patrick Mahomes is my question, right? A lot of RPO, a lot of quarterback read, like, you know, is that a feature of the offense or do you kind of say, Hey, we're going to kind of move more Kyle Shanahan insulating the quarterback and say, we're going to have this really complicated, you know, um, running scheme right that puts our guys in good position with good angles we're going to lean on that to find our big chunk plays and then take our play action pass shots off of that which sham in the in the final game against dallas showed a high ability to do so i do think one of those leverages sam more than i would probably feel comfortable with but like we've talked about on this show i don't like leveraging my quarterback at all like especially if he's a young guy i want to make it as simple and as easy and I'm going to say idiot proof as possible. Not that Sam's an idiot, but I want, I want it to be very, very comfortable for him. And I want to stress other positions, especially when I don't have Patrick Mahomes. I don't have Tom Brady. I don't have Peyton Manning. I don't have Drew Brees, right? You can stress the heck out of those guys. I want something that's more akin to what San Francisco does, partially because I understand that system better. But I do think Eric Bieniemy understands that. He's not a dumb guy. He gets what's going on. I look at what Jacoby Brissett did in Cleveland, right? When he was balling, it's 
heavy Nick Chubb, heavy complicated run scheme, play action pass shot. He has to win in some very critical third down situations and he's able to do that. I think that kind of system is something that I'd like to see here. And I think because of Eric Bieniemy's offensive background, his, his affinity for running backs, his ability to find running backs, his ability to coach the run game, I think that'll definitely be a feature. It's just like what extent that looks like. And again, this is my perspective. And if you were to talk to Ron, he might feel totally differently about this. And I think that's fine because they did have, you know, kind of endless practice to watch of him. Now, he wasn't practicing a ton, but they feel some type of way about him. And in this offseason, I think you're going to get to see like what he can and cannot do and what he does really, really well. And so I think that still remains that that, that script is still going to be written in some ways. Yeah, that, that's an interesting decision that coaches have to make because let's say they go into the spring and they put a little bit more on Sam to just kind of part of the test and two, because they think that's the best course of action, they can handle it. And it doesn't go smoothly at the beginning. They have to make a determination. Is this something he doesn't get yet that we just need to give him more reps and time and like continue to practice it? And by the time we get into the fall and by the time we get to week one of the regular season, he'll be fine. Uh, or do you abandon ship and be like, okay, full, full Brock Purdy plan, full, whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, Nick Mullins plan, full, well, whatever. And like abandon and go super insulated because, you know, like you said, Eric Bannon is super smart. He's capable of doing the whole gamut whatever. of different things. And, and the thing is like when Patrick Mahomes was a younger player, like it'd be interesting to know to see like what the offense looked like for Patrick Mahomes in his first season as a starter, as opposed to what he looks like last season when he's the best quarterback on the planet three years running. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of going to be the interesting thing to watch this spring is how much do they put on Sam? How does he handle it? And then if he doesn't handle it, like if he handles it great, then woohoo, we're off and yeah. flying. If he doesn't handle it great, is it something where they see enough progress and he shows an understanding that it's just the dots haven't connected yet, but you're on the way? Or do you need to kind of scrap that plan or at least pull back on the plan uh, to, to make sure that this offense can click when you get to September? Yeah, and I think that's really... That, yeah, I mean, that's that's the tough thing, right? It's because, like, you know, when you look at the offense in Kansas City with Alex Smith there, it was heavy 13, heavy 22, fullbacks, tight ends, taking shots with Tyreek Hill, kind of biding your time, this methodical ball control offense, and that fit Alex Smith really well. And then they kind of kept elements of that when Patrick Mahomes was young because it does insulate. And then all of a sudden, you kind of realize, like, you know, midway through that year that he's you know, the second coming of the best quarterback ever, and you can do whatever you want with them, right? So I think that's something that, again, it's going to be really fascinating because offenses, I think people think it's like, oh, this is our offenses. We're going to run. Offenses evolve like in season, in the off season, right? It's like, what do we, what do we feel good about? Oh, we really like this run because our right tackle can really do it. And then that guy gets hurt. It's like, well, we don't like this as much, right? Or the receiver runs this route really well. So we're going to really lean into that. Like Jahan running choice routes, that became a bigger feature of the offense this year because Jahan was good at it and they didn't really have somebody who was excellent at it the way Jahan was. So, you know, JD was that guy prior to this. So I think finding kind of what guys do well is going to be a really interesting process. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of coordinators I talk to say it takes a couple of years to like really feel out and build your offense, not only because it takes guys time to learn, but because it kind of takes time. It takes the coach time to find out where guys fit. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's it's really compelling. I think that's one of the reasons you bring a guy like Andrew Wiley in is so that he can feel comfortable and confident with 
knowing the system and kind of knowing what that skill set is. But yeah, I think that that to me is going to be so fun to watch this offseason is what is the maturation? What is the evolution of this offense? So that's something to kind of keep an eye on for sure. And something that um, I, I wish I could give you a definitive answer on, but obviously I can't because it's still that that page has not been written yet. Yeah. Uh, so that leaves us like, where are they now? What, what do you expect before we get into the mock drafts? Like, is there anything particular you're like, that's a draft need. That's a second wave of free agency need, or is it just whatever, however the board falls and then you fill in the rest? Well, I think that's really interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do think there's the second wave of free agency, right? Which we're kind of moving into now. And I do think if they signed a linebacker, they're great. I think the other kind of period of free agency that people forget about is the period directly after the draft. I mean, that's yeah. where they were able to... I guess to... I was considering that second, but I okay. guess it's really third, yeah. you know, because like the top third. guys are off the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and so that's where, like, you got you get a guy like Charles Leno who gets cut because they draft somebody, they think he's going to be the heir apparent, and you get a really, really good football player at a very, very good number for, for the team that starts. And say what you want about Charles Leno. I know the fans are not very high on him, but he's a serviceable starting left tackle. And I think that's fine. Like if you were to compare snap for snap him to Orlando Brown, which I was able to do like over the last couple of days, the difference is not as drastic as people think. It's like, it's not like, it's not like Trent Williams compared to Charles Leno. It's like two guys who, depending on the matchup, one might favor Leno, one might favor Orlando Brown are going to, are kind of in the same ballpark. And I think that's fans don't want to hear that. I look at Norwell. Imagine if the scheme were to elevate what Norwell does well, because I don't think he played poorly last year. He didn't play great, but he didn't play bad. I know fans hate that, and he becomes everybody's whipping boy. But like when you look at O-line play around the league, he's a serviceable guard. You have a serviceable left tackle. You have a serviceable guard. Obviously, there's some flux at center. Cosme and then Wiley, who was a serviceable right tackle. So you went from like a group that was a little bit in flux. You upgraded a couple spots. You kind of stayed the same <clears throat> at certain positions, and you say – we're okay. And so I think that with regards to what they need to do, I think keep an eye out for the post-draft stuff. Linebacker, post-draft, in-draft, I think is something that really needs to be addressed. And then I think we're going to talk about this with the mocks, but corner specifically is something that I think is very, very important to address. Not only because I think it's kind of a team need, but because this draft is saturated with cornerbacks. So why not take a position where there's a tremendous value there? And you can get tremendous value, not in the second round, but probably in the third round. Like I think Julius Brents from Kansas State, everyone's talking about him. He's big, he's long, he's freaky. He could be a third round pick for you. And you'd probably be like, great. Like this guy could right. start for us, right? He could develop right. it. He's like the Benjamin St. Juice of this year's class. So I think that that is, um, that's something I expect him to do in the draft, basically. 